to speak evil of no, of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. As I said, we'll go with the visuals here. Chrissy's at the back there. I want to begin with when I look up the word gentleness. We want to talk about this word gentleness. Because as I said last week, Pastor Josh was speaking about kindness. And so I want to make sure this wasn't just going to be a redo type sermon. Because they seem very similar, those two words. We want to talk about what gentleness is. And so... As you do sometimes when you're researching something and want to know, I do, look up a word, I put in Google Images, gentleness. And I want to put up a few images that came up when I put in the word gentleness. They're going to come up here on the screen, hopefully. Come on, Christine. I can't see. Yes. Puppies. Lots of puppies came up when you put in the word gentleness. People holding birds. Apparently this happens a lot. Uh, every, uh, like there was pictures and pictures and pictures of people holding birds. This is just one of them. And then pictures, oh, pit, pictures of dogs with birds, apparently. Literally, this is like the first like six, seven pictures. And then, of course, when, when we think of gentleness, as, as Caleb already shared this morning, things like a baby's hand and an adult's hand. The idea of, of a baby. When I, when I think of the word gentleness as I came to this, to this sermon, I thought of, of just a, one of our children thinking of them being swaddled up. That idea of just being held and rocked. I put up a Facebook post asking um, anybody, my friends on Facebook, when you think of the word gentleness, what comes to your mind images-wise or words-wise? I had some humorous ones. You can ask Tim Trafford about that after, possibly. But, you know, one, one friend shared this image. And once again, just the idea of a mother holding their child. And you know, another, another image of gentleness we see sometimes in advertising is this. <laughs> Charmin. Apparently extra gentle. It's, ex, it's another level of gentleness. And so I want to talk about what, 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 is, what is gentleness, what isn't. Gentleness. I think that's a good place for us to start. So what it isn't, and as I said, Pastor Josh last week spoke on kindness. So what it isn't, it isn't kindness. You know, kindness, think of it as this way. Kindness can be helping someone out, right? It, it's, it's helping people in our community. It's being, it's being kind. It's doing things for others. But you know what? Mean people can sometimes be kind. Right? You could be a mean person, but you can have a moment of kindness. Mean people can't be gentle. See, gentle, as I said, a fruit of the Spirit is it is an indwelling thing. You cannot fake gentleness. You can fake niceness. You can put on a face, a happy face, and be kind. But because it is an indwelling thing inside of you, gentleness, you cannot fake it. So it is not kindness. Think of it this way. I think of the story of the Good Samaritan. And we know the story where he, he, he found him on the side of the road and he had been robbed and he was injured and beaten. And he didn't just leave him there. He helped him out. And he didn't just brush him off and say, okay, you're good to go, buddy. You're all right now. Get going. What did he do? 
He, he took him to an inn. He took care of him. There, he left money saying, keep this man, keep care of him. He went over and above. And gentleness is an over and above, an extra kindness. Gentleness is not softness. In our world, as I showed you those images, those things are are cute and cuddly. And we like to think sometimes that gentleness is that. That it's something that's soft. It's, it's something that, that you can just hold. And as we're going to look at some passages here and share some more with you of, of what I've, the Lord has laid on my heart about this morning, it is, it is not softness, I believe. You'll also see out there in our world, and many of us probably have taken personality assessments or leadership assessments and things like that, and this world will tell you that gentleness is a personality trait, that this person is, is a gentle, kind-hearted person. He's, he's gentle. It's part of his personality, and this person is not so gentle. And you know what? The fruit of the Spirit is for all of us. Now, that's one thing we want to share in this series. It is for all of us. All of us, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then we should embody the fruit of the Spirit. And so it's not just a personality trait that some people may check and some people may not. We are all called to be gentle. It's not a personality trait. And the key point I want to share this morning, among other things here, but the key point I want to drive home this morning is is that gentleness is not weakness. This world will tell you that it is, but it is not. I'm going to go back to a, a picture here, this picture. I'm not a horse person. I don't know if you know that. couple years in, you're going to hear this about me now. I used to go to Dallas Valley Ranch Camp as a kid and as a a leader, counselor, and now as a speaker in the past. I love Dallas Valley Ranch Camp, but I've never gone for the horses. I remember when friends in my cabin would have skill time and they're getting their boots on and all their hats and stuff, and I'm running off with basketball shorts to go play at the court. And they'd get back and they'd be all dirty and smell like manure, and I'm like, man... I don't like horses. But I know many people that do. My biological mom, one thing I found out about her before she passed was she loved horses. And why I don't like horses? Many reasons. Smelly. But one big reason is I'm kind of afraid of their power. Who here likes horses? Okay, Uh uh-oh. They are powerful beasts, are they not? Like, look at this picture. That is an image of a powerful animal, of muscles, of, of, care, of pulling things, of working. And they are powerful. And so I've been scared of being near horses, of being kicked or thrown off. You know, I was there as a speaker, and they said, well, Andrew, you've got to be in the rodeo. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> they said, yeah, you do. You're an example to these little kids. Uh, Okay. And not only was I in the rodeo, they put me in a barrel race. 
So I'm on this horse, and I'm like, we're going out the side of this building. This is not going to be good. <clears throat> and I felt the powers on the horse, and actually I did enjoy it. And I was actually able to be at Dallas Valley once again with the high school, with the Briarcrest Christian Academy. I was there as I lead a small group for their retreat last year. And I went on a trail ride. And I have friends there who have trained the horses. And that was one of the most peaceful experiences I've had in a long time. Just walking slowly on the path, knowing this horse is powerful. And when we talk about the idea of gentleness, that if you want to ride a horse, if you want little kids to be able to ride a horse at Dallas Valley Ranch Camp, you can't put them on a wild stallion, can you? Well, you could, but it would be not great. Their parents would not be happy with you. They go through a process of taming, of what they call breaking the horse. And this, I believe, is a great image for us of what gentleness is. We sang the song this morning how he is untamable. God is untamable. We are tameable. God is untamable. You cannot tame God. If you think God is tame, you are mistaken. But we can be tamed. And that is part of what gentleness is. Gentleness is not weakness. People think of gentleness as if you're gentle, then you're a doormat. That you just will just bow down to anyone and people can just walk over you. That's not gentleness, everyone. That's not what it means. That's not what the, the passage means. The passage I read this morning It says, remind them. So I'm doing what it says. I'm reminding you, be submissive to rulers and authorities. Rulers, when you hear that in Scripture, think of the word boss. It's a different word for us, and it means more sense as a boss. Authorities. Be obedient to be ready for every good work. Speak evil of no one. Avoid quarreling. To be gentle. And to show perfect courtesy toward all people. It's not just laying down. And being a doormat. So what it is. What is gentleness? Gentleness is strength. And that may seem opposite. And maybe it's not the first time you've heard that. You've you've heard the phrase. And it's kind of the main focus of my message this morning for us. Is that gentleness is power under control. That horse when it is broken and trained. It is not any less powerful is it? It's just tamed. It's under control by the person who's trained it. It's now being ridden by someone and it's been trained and it's under control. But it is still powerful. Gentleness is strength. It's a word and a virtue we don't talk a lot about in our world, do we? When I think of our world and the things that are going on, I don't think of gentleness. I think of conflict and animosity and fighting, and violence, and wars, destruction. That describes our world better, not gentleness. And sometimes I think gentleness can be an overlooked fruit of the Spirit. And I think it's something we should not overlook. I think it's one of the best words we could use to describe Jesus Christ when we look at his ministry. And we're going to share a little bit about that in a few moments here. It is strength. It is something that this world needs as followers of Jesus Christ as we go into this world. Gentleness will be something that we need to show. But historically, the church and Christians and pastors 
have not been known as gentle. And that's sad, but true. But we need to do the best we can to embody this fruit of the Spirit that is so essential. The most important thing in our lives, obviously relationship with God, but relationship in general. Relationships are the core of everything in your life, right? Your friendships, your marriage with your children. Gentleness needs to be in all of these areas of our lives. You know what Scripture says in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. The word was used as meek, which is another word we could use for gentle. The gentle ones are the strongest ones on the planet. Scripture says that over and over. Not the pushy ones, not the bossy ones, not the powerful ones, that they're in places of power. Scripture over and over says those who are humble, those who are weak in spirit, those who are gentle shall inherit the earth. See, the weak are arrogant. The gentle are the opposite of that. Gentleness, and why I'm excited to just preach this this morning, is a game changer for your walk with Christ. It can be a game changer. Last night I was watching the, the Toronto Raptors, and they're going to the NBA Finals, and they've come back in the series, and they were down by many points, and they started just clicking, just started going on runs, and all of a sudden it was just, the game just changed, and they won. Gentleness can be that type of thing in your life. If you get a grasp of what it is and how to actually live it out, it's a game changer. None of us here are, is it easy, or are we gentle by nature? We are sinful, evil people at, at our heart. The heart is deceitful. It is something we need to work at, something that we need to continue to ask the Lord. Gentleness is strength. Gentleness is submission. See, when we submit ourselves to Christ and say, Lord, everything in my life is yours, I come before you, then he can use us and flow out of us. Gentleness flows out of humility and submission. That horse who needs to be broken needs to submit to that person who's training them. And there's probably a fight for a while, but finally there's a submitting. When we submit to the Lord, he can use us. It's only, only when we submit to our Heavenly Father that we can be gentle. We cannot be gentle on our own. As I said, you can't fake it. It's a work of the Spirit. Gentleness is submission. Think of this image a yield sign. We need to yield to the Father, to all things that he wants in our lives, to lay everything down, even in those times where we want to fight. You know, being a parent of four, coming to a sermon on gentleness, man, was challenged, was convicted. You know, there's a tip that, I, that I'm, I'm going to share with you, and you probably have heard this before, maybe not. I have learned it in the retail world. I've learned it in, in all sorts of things, in ministry, in parenting. When someone raises their voice, lower yours. That's just a tip. Because if you start raising your voice, and they start raising their voice, and then you're in a fight and a conflict. But if you are quiet, 
and you lower your voice almost to a whisper, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble in your life. I've had people scream right in my face over a pair of shoes and phones. And I wanted to get angry and I wanted to fight back. That probably would have caused me to lose my job and all sorts of things. And I just said, this one particular person who was in my face that said, let him yell. And I said, you know what? I understand you're upset. And I want to help you. But I can't help you if you're going to yell at me. I want to be able to give you an answer and help you out. But if you're going to yell at me, you're going to have to leave. And you know what? That guy calmed right down. So as parents, as employees, as friends, as husbands and wives, when those shouting matches happen, bring your voice down. Because I know at times, I'm very transparent with you, I struggle with yelling at my kids at times. And they're frustrated and just like, you're not listening, so I guess I got to overpower you. And you know what? Any parent here who's new or experienced or grandparents know, yelling never works. Never What does yelling do? It causes fear. It causes shame. And that's not a way to love. It's not a way to be as parents, as employees, as bosses. So that's just one thing that I've learned. And gentleness in that same way is a conflict resolver. If we are gentle, as Caleb shared with the kids this morning, a gentle answer turns away wrath. If we are gentle, and when we are facing times of conflict, Gentleness can actually help us resolve conflicts. God's given us that as a gift, but it's hard, is it not? I'm not saying this stuff is easy. (laughs) It's not easy to bring your voice down when someone's yelling. It's not easy to be gentle on conflicts. Now, there's so many passages we can point to for gentleness. I just want to read a few here. Colossians 3, 12 to 13 Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. Galatians 6.1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And Paul appealed to them in 2 Corinthians 10.1, Paul says that he appeals to them with the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Many accounts in the Bible tell us that Jesus was meek. Think to the stories. Jesus, the way that he lived this life was loving the marginalized, those who were broken, those who were lost. And he did that by being gentle. The woman at the well The woman caught in adultery. All those are examples of the gentleness of Christ. He is our example. And we need to look and read, read once again how many times Jesus was gentle. Meekness is not weakness. You know, in a while back, I preached on a sermon on anger. If you remember that, probably about a year ago or so now. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. Anger is the opposite. Anger is the opposite of gentleness. See, because anger gets out of control. Where gentleness is under control. A life marked by restraint is what we are called to have. Power under control. 
And, and I'm going to put up this image once again. We're just talking about yelling at your kids. This is going to be an unsettling image, but it's something we need to see sometimes just to see what it's like, for example, when you like yell at your kids. And this happens all the times in homes. It might happen in your home. We're not perfect people. But nothing good is going to come out of that. Even as pastors, as, as leaders in the church, it is a requirement to be, not be violent but gentle. In fact, Scripture says as pastors, we're not to be involved in quarrels. That may sound not right because it seems like a lot of times you hear in ministry there's a lot of fighting and arguments, but hey, we're not supposed to be, Josh, we're not supposed to be in any quarrels of any kind. That's what Scripture says of leaders. And so here's a picture of what this more looks like. You know, there's that powerful horse that's being led by a trainer. And that's how Jesus leads us. And gentleness is attractive. This world's going to look at us. And like I said, gentleness is not something that the world is used to or talks a lot about. It is attractive. In the sales world, I had guys I used to work with in commissions. And when I first started, I was like a high-pressure, pushy salesman, to be honest. I'm like, I, this is commission. I got to, like, get these phones sold or these shoes sold, whatever it was. And those guys that would go up to people as soon as you came in the door, and you probably had it happen to you. They're right on you and be like, oh, let me show you the phones. And whether you're an 80-year-old or 90-year-old, I'm going to show you the fanciest, most expensive phone because I get the most commission off that, and I don't really care. You're going to leave. And, and I learned... If you really want to even just sell things to people and help people out, you just be gentle and you be honest. That whole telemarketer or infomercial thing where it just is so fast speaking and in your face, like that doesn't work anymore. People go by recommendations of people now. But go to this place, they treat you well, right? That's what we look for in the customer service world. It is attractive. Where does it come from? We've talked about that. It comes from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It only flows out of that work in us. That's where it comes from. It takes work. And it's hard. It's asking the Lord when you wake up in the morning, Lord, help me be gentle with my kids who are already just on my nerves or help me, Lord, to be gentle with this this employee today who I know there's some sort of conflict going on submitting to the Lord and asking him to help you. It's, it's, it's talking to Jesus and saying, help me with this in my life. I'm not a gentle person at heart, but you can make me gentle, Father. You can mold me into being a gentle person. And the scripture, for example, with Jesus is Matthew 12, 18 to 21. Behold my servant whom I've chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he'll proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. Until he brings justice to victory. And in his name the Gentiles will hope. That's what Jesus was. The bruised reeds, the smoldering wicks, with gentleness is how he preached and how he ministered. You know, I came up with this phrase. His gentleness isn't saying, aww, It should leave you in awe. In awe of what the Lord can do. In awe of what he was. So in your lives, how are you doing with gentleness? Are you someone that people would say your your life is marked by gentleness? Or 
or at home? Are you in a lot of conflicts? Are you in conflict with those around you? Well, the challenge today from the word of the Lord is continue to grow that in your life. Submit to him because gentleness truly is power. It can be a powerful thing in this world. If our church is begun to have a reputation of gentleness more than bringing the hammer down on what we believe and you can't do this and you can't do that and it's rules. Man, this world needs gentleness. Gentle words, gentle actions. That doesn't mean that we approve of things. You know, there's things out there we know, lifestyle choices right now that we do not approve of. That doesn't mean that we are harsh That doesn't mean that we are angry and act out because Scripture shows us we still need to be gentle. It doesn't mean laying down and being a doormat. In fact, it means being a doorway. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that you've given us. Lord, we need your help with this. It's the body here this morning, collectively, Lord. We need your help to be gentle people. So many times we lose our tempers and we let our words be like a fire, as James says, Lord, as a weapon. And we leave people wounded. We leave people hurt. And you're not pleased with that, Father. You have called us to be gentle people, just as you were, Father. As even that dove descended on you and you were baptized for ministry, as a symbol of gentleness and peace, And that's how you lived. And Lord, help us to live like that. That this world may see the gentleness in us and want to know you more. Because you are the source of it. Lord, help us in our relationships with our kids, with our spouses, with our employees, with our bosses, with anyone around us. With that person that we're in a store and it's a retail situation and we want to get angry. Whatever it may be. Lord, help us be a body here, a family that is marked by gentleness as we submit to you and as we live out, as we eat the fruit and as others eat the fruit that we are displaying to them. Help us, Father. Thank you for your word this morning and example of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, let's stand and respond together.